Welcome into a new Buff Stampede Radio, another emergency edition, joined by Matt Smith from 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Matt, it feels like I'm doing more emergency podcasts than regular podcasts these days. Yeah, you're sharpening your skills. That's the good thing, you know? You know, you just got to keep more reps you get, the better you get at it, right? <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. I love the emergency podcast, though, because it means we got something to talk about, which for a long time at CU, we haven't, right? So at least we've got some stuff to keep us warm by the fire these holidays from uh Coach Prime and the Buffs. The big news, Colorado is going to have a new defensive coordinator in 2024 with Charles Kelly deciding to go back to his home state of Alabama, back to his alma mater in Auburn, and it sounds like he's going to be the co-defensive coordinator there. Uh, first off, before we get into CU specific, I think this is a great role for Charles Kelly given his history at that school, and I think his strengths as a coach come out as a recruiter and as a guy that has input into the defensive game plan, but isn't necessarily the defensive coordinator. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense for somebody that had really never coached out in this part of the country until he took the job at Colorado. I was really impressed with how he was as an ambassador for Colorado. He was out at Pac-12 Media Day. There, there were so many people that came up to me and were just really impressed with how he came off uh, representing Coach Prime at that event. And uh, we'll get into all the stats from Colorado's defense in 2023. It was a mixed bag. Um, and, and you could argue mostly bad just from a statistical standpoint. I want to get your reaction, Matt. Just uh, I threw a lot out there. What was yeah. your reaction to the news? Uh, I was a little bit surprised because I don't think this is one we really anticipated coming at the end of the year. We didn't think there'd be too many changes on the defensive staff, you know, and especially when we asked Coach Prime after the Utah game, he said there would be a couple changes to the staff overall, you know, now that you kind of look at it and they are, they're, they've got two new coordinators from where they started just a year ago, certainly a lot of staff turnover, right? But I agree. I, I thought Charles Kelly was a really good representative. There were some people who, you know, complained about his just the sideline passion and just the fact that they weren't doing well. And he was always yelling. You got to have that out of your defensive coordinator, in my opinion. I, I agree with you 100 percent. That was just part of what yeah. what what was thrown their way. But it, you and I and Brian talked about it a lot this year. It was like, OK, well, who cares about that stuff? Because like you said, it's exactly what you need when you have a great recruiter and you look at a defense and you mentioned, you know, most statistically was bad, but they did generate a lot of takeaways and happened to play very opportunistic. Now, there's luck involved there, but I think there was an attitude and an edge that he brought, certainly. And the one thing with the defense, and I think you 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 could say this, is that they had a lot of opportunities where they could have had worse days this year. And they kind of bottled it up like they didn't get blown out but for two games this season you know what I mean and sure there's offense that goes with it but they were also critical in some of the big wins that Colorado had this year some of those big plays and think about the third down stop the fourth down stop at TCU you know combined with some of those interceptions just a lot of good things that that yes they probably went under the radar because they gave up so many yards and chunk plays and explosive plays and I think that was probably the one Achilles heel of this team this year defensively is they just could not stop giving up explosive plays and they were backbreakers, right? I mean, just yeah. ones that demoralize you as a team. And so I don't know that that was Kelly's fault necessarily. It was just the characteristic of their defense. But to your point, I think he was a really good representative. He was always extremely classy with us. He was, you could tell he was a wealth of football knowledge, right? And, and everybody in that building respected him a lot. A little, you know, quiet mannered when it wasn't on game day. You know, he really wasn't very 
you know, I, I don't know, extroverted, I would say, you know, but on game day, you could tell there was just a fire in his belly and, you know, wish him the best at Auburn. He was always really great to us and always give us what we needed. And so uh, no complaints there. Definitely a surprise, though. I mean, you know, now it's like, oh, boy, OK, another D.C. And I wonder who it is. Now, there's some interesting candidates, which I'm sure we'll get to. But nonetheless, you're still re- starting 2024 with two different coordinators. So it is a lot of staff turnover. Yeah, that's my biggest concern is that even more so on defense to have that continuity. Um, it's important, especially on the offensive side, Shadur Sanders is going to be your field general there. Uh, you get a competent play caller in there. You got these new offensive linemen coming in there. I feel pretty good. Uh, Will Shepard at receiver. They, they're going to have the pieces offensively to do really well. Defensively, a little bit more of a question mark now, given this yeah. news. And uh, it was interesting, Matt. I kept hearing from folks that this was a pretty complicated defense that yeah. Charles Kelly was putting in. And then I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking to Nick Williams late in the season and Tyler King asked coach Williams a question about the complexity of the defense and how that was maybe challenging. And Nick Williams kind of barked back and said, well, it's not really that complicated. Who said it's that complicated? But uh, what I heard was it was pretty complicated. Maybe things got dialed back a little bit at certain points. uh, So these guys could absorb it, but now you're going into year two of the coach prime experience. Um, you would hate to start from square one in terms of the terminology, the philosophy. Um, sure. You would like to have kind of build off that. And that that's the part of Coach Kelly, Charles Kelly leaving to Auburn that I think uh, stings a little bit uh, more so than uh, when you start looking at the numbers and you go, okay, well, CU's defense wasn't that good that this past year. Coach Prime could actually maybe even upgrade right. this position. So, uh, and I've seen the you know the reactions being on both sides of that uh on my notifications on on x sure. is some people saying that this is uh great for colorado that you know they get to bring in a new defense coordinator other people see this the sky is falling and it's one of those where i, I the truth really does lie in the middle um, yeah. i thought there was improvement out of this group but you, you go down the list here matt they ranked 121st in scoring defense tied for 140 uh, tied for 81st in tackles for a loss, 122nd in third down defense, 125th in first down, first downs allowed. We get it. We get it. <laughs> 52nd in, in team sack. So, but yeah. here's the flip side of it. They were 26th in red zone defense. And so that's, that's where I go. Okay. Those numbers, 121st in scoring defense, that's awful. Mm-hmm. But my eyes were telling me at times that this was uh, a defense that had a lot of potential going forward with Charles Kelly as the DC. Um, and uh, it, maybe the turnovers played into that as well. When you're making that many big plays uh, defensively that they ended up tied for 37th in turnovers gained, which was lower than where they were ranked throughout pretty much the whole season. They were, they didn't get the turnovers late in the season like they did early on, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a situation where um if you gave me the option to have Charles Kelly back as the DC in 2024, I'd probably say, yeah, I'd like to see him build off some of the stuff we saw this past year. And, and there was an aggressive mentality of this defense. I liked some of the stuff that I saw, but then, yeah, you look at just the straight stats and you go, well, maybe this is a good thing. So um, I'm kind of torn in that sense, um, but it's, it's almost more wait and see until you see who he's, he's replaced by. Right. 
Of course. And you also have to consider they're replacing a ton of personnel, too. So, you know, while we can say we'd love to see the continuity next year, there's going to be a lot of different guys. I mean, yeah, they'll have some returning guys a a fair amount, but you're also going to have to work some new pieces in. And you did mention, you know, we had heard several different times throughout the course of the year that it was complicated to pick up the defense. But there were some guys who got it right away. You know, I know Juju Mitchell played a lot of football in his career, but he came in and picked things up pretty damn quick. Right. So I think there's there. There was some of that to it. Um, The personnel, though, I kind of think back to that because you think about some of the key starters, they're going to be different. You know, they they will be different, especially up front and and in the run game. Right. Hopefully at linebacker, hopefully at edge, you're going to see some upgraded talent this year. So it would have been fun to see what they could have done in another year. And I, I will say. I think that he had the respect of. Shiloh and Travis and the leaders of that defense, and they were a very secondary-oriented defense. And maybe it was a lack of talent, and certainly not all that was him, but I would like to see them get back to that intimidating defensive line, and hopefully with some of these players that they bring in, now with Sap and now with Sinceri working together, that hopefully that aspect of it can improve because – you know, whether or not it was Kelly or not, they did struggle to stop the run all year long, right? And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with talent. We watched them get blown off the ball quite a bit at the back end of the year. But, you know, maybe it ends up being a good thing for them. Everything happens for a reason, Adam. Everything happens for a reason. I did want to ask you two questions about something that you just brought up. Uh, you talked about Kelly and his his recruiting. Now, you lost Nick Williams and you lost Charles Kelly. What does that do to you recruiting-wise if you bring in NFL guys who really don't, you know, have that recruiting experience, you know, if, if for instance, you're bringing in Sap to replace Williams, which you didn't, you have Dancy replacing Williams, but you got mm-hmm. Sap as an assistant there. You're adding Sap, and obviously he's a great recruiter, but no real like in depth, you know, ever done it before. Now you just assume that he's going to be pretty damn good at it because it's Warren Sap, right? So maybe that makes up for it. But I'm curious because you did have two guys that were nationally regarded as some of the top recruiters in the country. So what effect do you think that? has on the on the team again it goes back to to how you replace those guys um charles kelly i mentioned that it it might be a good fit for him to be a co-dc because it frees you up to spend more time on the road recruiting and and he definitely recruited more at cu than most of the defensive coordinators i've covered at cu he definitely had more of that but it still wasn't to the extent of national recruiter of the year that you know gotcha. he he got at Alabama the year before yeah. um so it it wasn't on that type of level and and part of that is that they're just not recruiting that many high school guys and and that's where Charles Kelly really connected right. you saw some of the transfers that they brought in and he was good with that and uh, yeah. Some of them were Bama guys that were coming off injuries and and maybe they'll be good this year but uh they weren't quite ready in 2023 so um it's yet to be determined um I would say again when you're only I mean, they signed six high school guys, Matt. So your your effect as a recruiter that's a great point to bring minimized up. a little yeah. bit, you know. And yeah. and I, I think those NFL guys might be better with portal recruiting because mm. a lot of guys in the portal are trying to get to the yeah. NFL, right? They're trying to, you know, Will Shepard was a really good receiver at Vanderbilt, but he was kind of under the radar. I'll be honest. When Colorado offered him, I had to research who Will Shepard was, and you're like, sure. wow, he's a really good player. Um, and now he's going to play in an offense with Shador Sanders uh, with all the eyes on him in Colorado, um, and that's an opportunity to go to the NFL. So those are the type of guys that I think if you hire, we'll get into this next, uh, uh, Mike Zimmer, 
that pedigree of the NFL would attract them maybe more so than the high school guy where Charles Kelly was so good connecting with those high school guys. And if you're just not recruiting a ton of them, uh, your, your impact there is not going to be huge. I think that's a really important point to bring up because I'm sure there will be a lot of critics that prime has two new coordinators. Right. But you also have to acknowledge it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad thing either. Right. And it is a really valuable point that you bring up because I think you're spot on with it. The transfer portal, which is where, and even moving forward, I mean, they'll get back more into the high school recruiting if prime does end up sticking around here for a while, but they're going to rely on the transfer portal pretty consistently. And to have that element in your coaching staff, first of all, it's something that not a lot of places offer. They do have NFL guys, but you're talking about if they were to make a move and go with a Mike Zimmer, which, you know, they tease somewhat of a big name. Then you're talking about an OC who was a head coach in the NFL to, you know, OC who's a head coach and a DC who was a head coach in the NFL. There is no other program in the country that has that. And so from a recruiting tagline, that probably, I imagine, in the transfer portal takes care of itself. At least it helps you. It's an advantage. In case the folks out there listening didn't see these posts put out on social media after the news that Charles Kelly is leaving Colorado, I think it's important to put these out there. Uncle Neely put out this social media post, quote, you just have to accept the fact Coach Prime ain't caught off guard by nothing in his program. He knows better. He knows before you know and already has a plan in place, and it always gets better than it was before. What's coming? Going to rock the world. My colleague on 24-7 Sports, Carl Reed, who's close with Coach Prime, put this out on social media. Quote, I talked to Coach Prime this morning about defensive coordinator Charles Kelly moving on to Auburn. This was something that they both agreed upon. Coach Prime is always for his coaches making the moves they feel are best for their careers and their family. But the defensive coordinator that's coming in, buckle up, and he had three mind-blown emojis, exclamation mark. I can't give you the name just yet because of our relationship and the trust factor that we have. But the commitment to providing an NFL experience to providing an NFL atmosphere is evident with this move. They come in. So that's why I threw out Mike Zimmer. Uh, It was rumored that he was going to be on the staff this past year. That didn't happen. Uh, He was in the NFL coaching from 94 to uh, 2021, including eight years as a head coach at at Minnesota for the Vikings. He was a solid defense coordinator for Washington state in the early nineties before that long stretch with the Vikings. And then another name that a lot of folks have brought up on our message board, Matt, is Ken Norton Jr. Uh, he was a linebackers coach for UCLA this past year. And he was somebody that Coach Prime had mentioned during one yeah. of uh, his press conference leading up to the UCLA game that he felt like he should have been a defense coordinator somewhere, maybe even a head coach. Uh, and Ken Norton was the DC uh, in the NFL between 2015 and 2021 with the Seahawks and Raiders. So a couple names to throw out there. Um, I don't yeah. know when this is going to get announced, but uh Based on those tweets, it leads you to go right to Mike Zimmer, right? I mean, yes, because he has the connection and he's been around in some capacity, right? I mean, he's been an analyst or at least a, a He helped out at Jackson State for a year. But he, he, you know, he probably still has the ear of Coach Prime, I would oh, imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, that's kind of what I'm saying is I'm sure he's familiar with what's been happening here. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, and Mike Zimmer, I mean... Obviously, that would be a pretty big get for him, clearly. And 
I'll say this, you know, if you if you add another guy like that, it's not a bad thing to have another guy who's been a head coach for so long at such a high level to be able to go to on such an intimate basis in your building every day, you know, just to have another set of eyes, that experience set, that experienced lens to look at everything through. And you never know what could come with that. And again, if you have that with Shermer and, and, and Zimmer, you're bringing back the, you know, the late teens Vikings. So I I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I I. I'm curious to see how it all progresses, Adam. Are you going to be mind blown like the four emojis that Uncle Neely used if it's either one of those guys? Or should we come up with some conspiracy theories about who it could be? Just start some rumors. You know, it's the offseason. Everybody's bored now. The seat and drama's over. I think, Matt, Yeah. even though four, Colorado went 4-8 and eight because yeah. of all the recruiting success and the optimism for the future and where Colorado was and – Side note, we do need to mention with Charles Kelly when throwing out all those awful statistical rankings they had this past year, Colorado was dead last in scoring defense the year before. So he had to come in and take over a really, really bad defense, bring in all new personnel, try to get them on the same page in a very short period of time. I don't know how many defense coordinators would have had this defense in the top no. 70 or 80 no. in terms of the, those those same rankings, right? Oh, um, no. so, but, but back to uh, your question. I I think we're getting a little bit spoiled just in the sense that like our expectations are so high that it's like, man, it just, you're like a kid in a candy shop. You just want, you know, everything. And it's like, well, Mike Zimmer or Ken Norton, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, those would be really good hires for Colorado. And uh, it would, I think if, if you're really criticizing that you're, you're not putting things in perspective of, of where this program has come to. And um, I would, I would think that there's a good chance now, of course, with Mike Zimmer, the the lack of uh, recent coaching in college, you question a little bit about it. Now, he said in a recent interview, though, that he's been in his office watching a lot of film, keeping up with the new trends in college football. Um, in When you're not actually in the trenches, how much does that help? I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. Pat Shermer just got made OC, so it, it, that doesn't seem like it's been a problem. I'm just saying, like, it, that doesn't seem like that's going to be a disqualifier. You know what I mean? I think I think he would be just fine. If anything, he's got more experience, college experience of late than Pat did. So you're right, though. Is it within question? Sure, especially because you also brought in an O-line coach that has never actually held that title before, right? So maybe you're bringing in some guys who don't necessarily have it done that at that type of, you know, at that specific level, but they've done it for years and years and years throughout their career. Load hold, I guess, is a little bit different. You didn't want to start the rumor that Bill Belichick's going to leave New England to become Prime's DC? <laughs> <laughs> if they're talking about this the last year you, for Bill. There were only three mind-blowing emojis, though, Matt. I think you, <laughs> that, that would be at least like eight or nine. <laughs> uh, you'd need to buy the subscription to X so that you could that's just right. run it. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's yeah, and, and who knows? Oh, Maybe it's, it's somebody I'm else, right? Uh, we, we, we do know that Coach Prime is very tight-lipped. Uh, keeps a very close circle when it comes to these coaching hires. And so uh, that's going to frustrate fans. Uh, they're going to ask me a million questions that I can't answer at this moment. Right. Um, but I, I did want to get on here with you, Matt, and just you know talk about those names that people are discussing. And we'll see where it goes. Uh, I saw a great post on our message board today. You know, there's some people complaining about the situation. And uh, somebody said, this is like complaining when your cookies are baking in the oven, that they're going to suck. It's like, let's see how, how they turn out. Right. Yeah. Keep yeah. an eye on it. 
we'll see, you know, when, when we get the announcement, you pull it out and, and then we'll find out, you know, I think yeah. there's a lot of overreaction right now, uh, both ways. And to, uh, you know, to say that Charles Kelly leaving is a good thing. I think you gotta, you gotta say, well, it's a wait and see type situation. We don't know that at this point. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I was surprised, but you know, this is something that maybe shouldn't have been as shocking given that, Charles Kelly had never coached in this part of the country. And he actually interviewed for Auburn's defensive coordinator position last year, didn't get ah. the post. And so that's his alma mater, his home state. He had spent so much time in, in, and he's got very strong Southern vibes to him, right? Coach Kelly does. And, and so uh, maybe it shouldn't surprise us as much as it did today. No, no. I just think that you and, you know, the ones, that were around the team realized that there was potential there. So it wasn't like, Hey, that guy needs to go. You know, we would have been happy to see him back and see what he could have done in year two. So I, I agree with you. Maybe it was surprising from the sense that, Oh, okay. All right. Well now we're now it's defensive coordinator as well. And, and, and yeah, again, like you said, there are plenty of exciting possibilities. And certainly, I mean, look at the talent upgrades they're making across the board right now. Hard not to be excited when it comes to the prospect of a guy potentially like a Mike Zimmer coming in for that program. Whoever it is, I, I think that, look, this is a huge year for the program one way or another adapting into the big 12 and they need to bring a toughness to the table that this team did not have last year. They just didn't have an edge. Now they fought hard at them. They fought hard, but I'm talking about an actual toughness that trans helps translate to results. You know what I mean? And, and that moving forward has to be the goal. And hopefully as they continue to build this program and build this culture, they can keep instilling it. It will be challenging if year after year after year, you do have to continue going through this cycle of replacing people. But I'll tell you this, you never get it right on your first staff. Nobody ever does. And typically, you end up making upgrades along the way. I mean, look at what happens with Saban in Alabama. He loses some big assistant or a couple of them every single year and guys filter in and out. You know, if you're hoping to get to that level, you hope to build a system where you can actually create opportunities for advancement and somewhat rapid advancement for your coaching staff. And then in turn, that helps you become attractive to some of the best assistant coaches in the country because they know if they come work for you, there's a really good chance of not only more exposure, but rapid advancement in their careers as well, right? And Prime has always, always, always been extremely supportive about that from day yeah. one. He's that's something that he wants to promote. I want all my guys to come up. You know, that's kind of what he says. And so I'm happy for Kelly. I'm sure he got more money to go back there. You know, I mean, there, there's probably a lot of benefit to it for him. And as you said, that's, he's a down South guy. You know what I mean? I, I could see him fitting in better there and look, best of luck to him. And I'm looking forward to see when coach prime announces this, you know, I mean, how, how long until spring ball now? We got a couple months. They haven't announced the start date. Usually it starts at some point like mid March. Right. But last year it was pretty much all in uh, the very end of March into April. Um, so we haven't got that full schedule yet. That's usually something they hand out at the regular signing period, the first Wednesday in February. So, yeah. Uh, well, can we'll I ask you another question? Then. Sure. Let me ask you based upon what they've added so far, what's your remaining wish list looking like? And how do you think they've done? Pass rusher would be up there. Uh, one more top level defensive tackle. Um, you know, they've really filled in. They've done a great job, honestly. You, you're kind of going, 
best available. I, I know people will scream, well, they need sure. somebody to get kickoffs in the end zone. And it's like, I don't know. What, what was Jace Travis Feely's Hunter video? I'd, I'd put good money. Travis. What <laughs> was Jace Feely hurt last year? What, what, I mean, this is a guy that had cardiac surgery before he even started his first spring ball year. So those are, are some of the parts that, that it's a little bit more challenging covering this program now, not getting as many of the personal updates on certain guys. Like, uh, because if you're bringing back Jace Feeling, we he's still on the team as far as I know, and, and uh, you'd assume that's going to be uh, you know his role because Mata's so solid on those field goals. And maybe there was something else going on there. And so sometimes you're you're kind of guessing as you're doing analysis on this program. But in terms of needs, uh, maybe add another tight end. Um, yes, that I think was I think the first one in I, my mind. Yeah, I think I think you're solid at receiver, O line. I want I want one more tackle. I agree. More tackle because of Matthew Bedford going to Oregon. I know they brought in Philip Houston from FIU, but it's tough because these guys want to play. And so they're not going to come here if they don't see that opportunity to, and you you're bringing in Jordan Seaton and he checked in for the UA next all America game. And man, just every time you see that young man, like in pads, it's like, he's, he's going to play a lot of football next year at Colorado, if not be starting left tackle. Uh, So I don't know. Is it? It's tougher to bring in a quality extra tackle at this point, but that's one position that I'd like to see one more guy added. Um, it running back, it, it feels like they really are are putting their chips on the table for for Alden McCaskill, the fourth to be that guy. They brought him in here for a reason, um, and that's a little bit risky just because he has not shown himself back to be to be back to top form since he got to Colorado yet, right? Absolutely, but at the same time, shoot, I'd roll those dice again with the talent. His film at his film at Houston yeah. is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. And and like I I even mentioned this on social media, I think after the day Seaton committed, I was putting out some highlights. I said, look, as excited as I am for the O-line to protect your door and the possibilities that that brings. I'm legitimately equally as excited to see what they can do in the running game, blocking for a guy like Alton. Cause Adam, I mean, if you watch this film, man, if they can get 85% of the dude that he was even his freshman year, which I think they're going to get more because two years, they really tell you two years off the ACL, you really start to feel like yourself. And that's where we'll be at in camp, man. If they can get that kid back, he runs with downhill and he runs hard. And I know what prime was talking about. You remember prime kept telling us he's just not hitting it the way that he used to. And you can tell when you watch that, I mean, when he hits the hole, he is gone. And if they can find a way to create some push and create some holes in that running game, and they do really maintain a balanced offense, they they have the potential to be a really, really good Big 12 offense next year. And that to me is exciting because it's not just McCaskill, it's Edwards too. You know, if you can get him involved and McCaskill involved, then you've got, you know, I think back to what Coach Flea said to us the first time we met with him in training camp. And he said, I want two guys. You know, we were used to seeing you know, with Coach Hagan, he had a really big rotation of running backs, and typically a bunch of guys got a bunch of touches. And Flea, at the beginning of the year, talked about Smoke and McCaskill being number one and number two in the running game. And if they can get McCaskill and Edwards to be that thunder-lightning combo, I mean, there's something tangibly exciting about that. Now, I will also say that I'm I'm curious because you, you mentioned the the wish list. I think tight end is a big one for me. I think they could use another guy like that because if they get injured, they they need to plan a little bit for some injuries. So maybe it's not a top caliber guy, but go get another road grader. You know what I mean? I think they could use that. Certainly you cannot, I think if you're them go wrong with having planned for extra protection 
in case something happens for next year. Because a big injury would really suck next year because everything is about this season. And and I'll tell you this, I want to credit Coach Prime because he sat there in the postgame pressers and said, everything that you guys said that I'm going to need, I'm going to go get. Right. And I think we were sitting there after having lost eight and nine games and saying, okay, well, you know, do you maybe even have to start selling a little bit? You know, do you maybe have to kind of bring the juice in recruiting? And he said, you know, no problems here. You know, I mean, to land, to land Seton alone, but to check all the other boxes. He damn near rebuilt the old line. Now, how's it going to go? We'll see. You know, I mean, you do have a bunch of new guys and you got a whole new system once again. So it's relatively going to be brand new everything. It'd probably be a brand new defense now, probably be a brand new offense now. So you probably can't evaluate next year in the context of last year because there's going to be a lot different, I think, about the way that they do things. But the one thing that you cannot criticize Coach Prime about is that he tried. So if it doesn't work out, I mean, they tried. They really did. They went out and they got the positions that they needed to address. As you mentioned, I think they need to get stronger D-tackle, D-line. I would love to see a couple more additions there. But I'm also curious about this. At the With the transfer changing of, of the tra- transfer rules, right, now that you can transfer unlimited amount of times, I guess, do you think that after spring ball, we're going to see another massive wave of transfers? I think you, I, we you might. could because what, what what happens is there's some guys that are close to getting their degree, right? And they want to get that spring ball in, and yeah, if they're now all of a sudden gonna you know have that opportunity to transfer again without the penalty, I do think you're going to see a bigger window in the spring than you obviously would have otherwise. Uh, you do have some guys like Will Shepard that still need to go to the spring semester at Vanderbilt to graduate to come in, uh, okay. but. Um, I guess in in this case, um, no, he wants to get his degree from Vanderbilt before he comes in. That that makes a whole lot of sense. I would probably do that myself. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, that sucker over with, man. Yeah, no. To, to a better way to answer your question is yes. I think this this ruling, uh, which is ridiculous. I mean, again, it just goes to the the fact that college football needs strong leadership and not have state courts dictating their policies. Uh, but and we need know. a players' union, big time. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know where this goes without that, but, but I do think that that you could see a really big transfer wave. Cause I think about the guys who transferred in, like, I know we use them all the time and I hate bringing his name up in this category, but I feel like he's the perfect guy, like a Tarvarish Dawson. You know what I mean? Like, let's say he goes through spring ball next year. And there's a bunch of guys like that, by the way, you know, that transferred in for some bigger schools that are still undergrads. Like, what do you do if you're a guy like that? Who's on the fringe at the end of spring ball? Right now that you can just go anywhere, don't you then be like, well, I mean, shoot, I mean, it's going to be I guess you could stick up for the challenge. Right. If you if you really want to stay there and you love the program and the coaching. But do you not think that maybe there's another underlying wave of players, maybe that caliber that that might end up going? And that's a good thing, right, because then if a guy is leaving your program because he's not going to have an impact then it opens up a spot for you to right. look in the portal and you're not going to bat a thousand on those guys. Um, right. But you bring in, you know, guys like Amari McNeil that, you know, sure. will, will step up to the challenge and exactly. provide depth. And so, yeah, I, I, right now, as we sit here, we could count on both hands, the number of needs, maybe even down to one hand, if, if you, you know, sure. you tight end tackle defensive line linebacker, one more secondary guy. That's, that's five right there. But to your point, then there's going to be the second wave out 
Mm -hmm. There's more to bring in. And all you're doing every time you do that is upgrading your roster. If you're uh, Colorado with Coach Prime as your head coach. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's, and again, I I think Tarvaris specifically, I wasn't trying to call him out because I think he got hurt at the end of the year and he showed us some stuff. I, I was just using him as an example, because if you look at the depth chart, as it currently stands, probably isn't slotted for a starting position. Right. And what is he going to be a junior this year? Yeah. For a guy like that. Right. So that's kind of, I just wanted to use him as an example because, Hey, you got two years. Are you going to try and battle it out here now that there are no you know, restrictions on you, or maybe you go try and start for a smaller school. It'll be interesting to see. And again, if you're in the position where you've got great recruiting and you got coach prime and you're on an upward trajectory, you could end up opening up some more spots at the end of spring, which I think, I think it'll just be interesting to keep an eye out for. Right. But again, I think he is ticking off all the boxes and if it doesn't go well, then you can critique, I guess, down the line, the talent evaluation, but you can't critique the fact that he couldn't recruit or he could, cause he did it all. And honestly, if he walked into the press conference in the first spring and said, I told you I was going to do it all. I wouldn't blame him because there were a lot of people out there. And I, I know even me started to question like, oh, well, you know, I mean, look, you, you lost eight of your last nine. I mean, this is a cold world and people are going to be recruiting against you. What did you think of Jordan Seaton's comments? Last, last thing I had to ask just came to my mind. I, I thought uh, that sounds like an in-home visit with Dan Lanning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm sure William got a kick out of that one when he read it. <laughs> yeah, I read no, that. I, I was it was very distasteful. You know, uh, whoever said that, I'd be embarrassed. Totally. It. Yeah, and, and that's where you gain respect for Coach Prime when you cover him because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't do that stuff. Not not yes, a, not a bad. Yes, not he's, a bad he's word. He, yes he's confident and he's brash, but he's not he's not going into visits with recruits and telling them you shouldn't go there because of X, Y, Z. And so, yeah, no, it's, it happens in recruiting and, you know, fortunately, Matt, you know, in, in this case, it backfired, right? You can yeah. have that approach, but you know, he didn't sign his letter of intent or he signed it on Wednesday, but he didn't fax it in until Friday. So that signed letter of intent didn't mean anything until he faxed it in. Um, he was thinking about some stuff. Uh, so when you negative recruiting, maybe that's, Hey, that's a hail Mary, maybe at the end of, at yeah. the end of the recruiting game there, but try and shame I, I agree. It's it's not a good look, No, it, 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 but it's not going to change Matt there. It's going to continue on as long as coach prime is a head coach here, because he just attracts that. And, um, it, it stinks because, uh, you know, Colorado's, you know, they're very brash, but they're trying to take the high ground with some of this stuff. But uh, all these other coaches, these anonymous coaches that, that you know, reach out to writers. Um, I don't know. It's it's, it's a bad look for, for uh, them, but I guess that's why they're anonymous, right? Yeah. just I just can't imagine being an adult, you know, and talking to a young man in that position, a kid becoming a young man, like 18, 17, 18 years old. And and trying to shame him for trying to pick a different school. That's just embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I've heard plenty of stories. So it's not like it's rare. It's not like it's the first time it's happened. It's very commonplace. But I was just curious your thoughts because I imagine that the recruits Colorado goes after deals with that on a more consistent basis than probably just about anybody in the country. Yeah, but you know, I've talked to a few of these transfers now, and they weren't planning to transfer to Colorado when they started their 2023 season, but all yeah. were like, yeah, I kept a, I kept an eye on Colorado. Everybody did. Everybody was watching what was going on in Boulder. And so 
that is so much bigger than any of the negative recruiting stuff, which again can backfire if you do it wrong. And uh, in most cases, I, I you would hope that these recruits and their parents see through most of that negative recruiting. You, you'd hope, maybe yeah. not all the time, but um, what Colorado has, you know, with with Coach Prime, the documentary, and all these things from an exposure standpoint, well off media and all the eyeballs, like it 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 dwarfs. The, the negative impact of oh, yeah. these coaches trying to, uh, you know, make stupid statements during their in-home visit. It's undeniable. And, and I guess the last thing I would say is now, because you do have to replace Kelly, the one thing that I think becomes even more important is spring ball. You know, we knew how important it was going to be those 15 practices or whatever the number is, right? Having to get Shermer and that's why you needed healthy Shador. Well, guess what? I mean, if you're going to change that defensive scheme, you know, a good amount, which I imagine the new DC probably will have some alterations. Maybe there's some similar stuff, but he probably brings in a whole new scheme. So, I mean, you're really going to be installing two brand new schemes for the most part. I'm sure they'll keep some stuff, but in spring ball. So as many players that can be healthy and available, I mean, this is, this is also really, really a big winner for the, for the strength and conditioning staff. You know what I mean? To get those guys ready to go because it starts now, you know, this is, this is going to be an upgrade in maybe you don't see the Oregon and the USC, but you're also not going to get a game against a Stanford, even though they came back on you, you know, you're not going to get a game, against a lesser team in the Pac-12, you're going to face pretty good teams throughout the season in the Big 12, and there's going to be a lot of tough tests on the road, especially early. I mean, to go back. I also think about it this way. You also got to be dialed in because you have two rivalry games right out of the chute yet again in 2024. And if we learned one thing from last year, it's how emotional that stretch is going to be. Now, it's not going to be quite to the level it was last year playing TCU and Nebraska and CSU, especially at home. It'll be a little bit different, but there's going to be a lot of emotion again, and it's going to be a long year. And as opposed to where this year, maybe they they rode that a little bit and it got so much hype that it kind of got out of control and it was tough to sustain it. You're going to have to, you know, ride that wave out a little bit better. So I just go back to spring is so important this year. It's really important this year. All right, Matt, I kept you on way longer than I was planning to. This is your day off from your day, uh, your radio day job. Uh, So I appreciate you for taking time out. I I know the Broncos country is uh, there's never a dull moment over there having to cover all that. So this is a a welcome relief from to the Russell Wilson talk. Well, well, I'm glad I reached out then, Matt. But no, I appreciate you for coming on on short notice. And uh, like you said, uh, spring's going to be huge, and uh, we're there's going to be so much that's going to happen before spring ball even kicks off in Boulder. So uh, it's uh, never a dull moment around Boulder. And I appreciate you for coming on. I'm sure we've got a couple more emergency pods before uh, all said and done here. Thanks everybody out there for tuning in.